0: they say no one listens to albums anymore on the Litness test we take albums old and new and review them just to see how good they really are lyrics production track placement artist features and other components of measurement and in the end we give it an overall score so let's dive into it welcome back again to another edition of the litmus test i am your host g smith with my co-host as always king dave and this week we got a special guest man uh ian loray uh what's going on man from the uh, vibes and stuff and magnificent vibes and uh uh vibe down on it uh podcast uh what's going on man what's going on man
1: glad glad to have you glad to be back man glad to be invited back absolutely
0: absolutely you know we get you for the good ones for the good ones man so we this week um we got another good one man we got a classic album uh to review feral Monch's 1999 debut solo album Internal Affairs. Uh this is (laughs) generally considered a hip hop classic. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read a little bit of an intro, just a little background on the album. Internal affairs was the solo debut uh from former organized confusion member Pharaoh monch released on Raucous Records and Priority Records. Now keep those names in mind. monch creates a harder sound than heard on the previous organized confusion records. The album spawned the Hot 100 hit, Simon Says. Now, why can you not hear this record? (laughs) Because the album is out of print. Farrowmont refused to record for the Geffen Records label after Universal Music Group acquired Ruckus Records from Priority. Ruckus, as well as his then-parent label, MCA Records, were later folded by the Universal Music Group into Geffen Records. So, again... This is a hip-hop classic, and you cannot hear it anywhere um, unless you downloaded it back then, bought it back then, or uh, you you got to go through some different sources to hear the album. We're reviewing it because it's it's hip-hop royalty. It's dope. You can find it on YouTube in full, um, but it, it, it won't have that same sound quality. But still, just to get the content, um, it's worth the sit-down. It's about a fifty four minute album. But uh let's let's uh let's let's dive into it fellas. Um but before we get started, does anybody have any particular memories of when they first heard the album?
1: Um I I do. I, I remember uh well first let me if you don't mind I like to offer a little brief little trillion up here. Um Girl watch is internal affairs was actually supposed to be released the same day as Most Def Black on Both Sides, Ooh. but <laughs> Ferrell Munch, like you know, picked up a fuss about it to the label Ruckus at the time because it was like they didn't know they were apparently they were so out of touch they didn't know that um, I, and I don't know if this was Ruckus's decision or priority, but they were so out of touch they didn't know that Pharrell Munch and Most Def kind of had the same a fan base. So they would kind of cannibalized each other in sales if released on the same day. So they delayed the album by a week, but it was originally supposed to drop the same day as Black on Both Sides. But, <clears throat> but uh, you can keep that in. If
0: you- here's the interesting um, part about that: if if they had released it on the same day, that might be that might have been considered one of the one of the greatest underground hip hop days of all time, as far as releases. I mean, we we discussed. Um, was it Jay-Z's, was it the black album? Or was it hard? Knock? No, it was a, it was a black album being released at the same day as another album. And, and was it the, you know, one of the biggest hip hop, uh, days or weeks in history. I think if they were both released on the same day, regardless of if they had the same, um, if they had the same fan base, I think that would have been dope.
2: It would have been a dope day, but I think that day would with,
0: uh, without cast dropped and, uh,
2: I, I can't remember the day. We, oh, we the, 19th.
0: October nineteenth is when go. his came there out. A That's, week.
2: I think that, that that still stands apart.
0: But okay, again, I, will, I think. But, it would but to be go back up. to your.
1: Go ahead. No, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you. I good. was just going to say to go back to the original question. I remember first hearing it on the um, on the CTA bus. Mm. um I had it from i want to say coconuts on, that used to be on ninety fifth and western
0: right right. and
1: bumping on the way back to work so I was working at a grocery store at Dominic's at the time and um just just i do it it just stayed in my walkman. it just stayed in walkman, and like it was just it was one of those albums that just grabbed me from start to finish like just you know it was it, it was, was you knew you were listening to something special. It wasn't like... It didn't take time to grow on me. Like, some some LPs, it was just like... I knew instantly, like, this was a, a special record.
0: Yeah. Right. I think, for for me, I, I, I don't... I think I borrowed this album from somebody because I was like, you know what? Let me check this out. I do, if I bought it, I would still have it. But I, I don't have it. I'm pretty sure I, I either downloaded it off somewhere or borrowed it from somebody. But I just, like... Like I was talking about before, I, I don't think my ears were ready for it, so I just kind of pushed it off to the side. Especially at that time, it was so much out, man, and all I wanted to really hear was if he had something comparable to Simon Says. I I, I wound up listening to the truth about twenty times in a row, but like the other songs, I never really appreciated. So it's a good it's a good opportunity, like to. Well, it was for me to go back and review this album and and really you know sit down and listen to it with a more mature ear, and see what I got from it. So, uh, Dave, unless you had a story, we could we could move on. Well, did you have a story?
2: Yeah, no, I, I think I think I got mine from uh, from Ian actually. Mm. I remember hearing it, but I didn't have a copy. And then uh, I, I, I think he burned me a copy. It was that, and I was trying to get uh, Eminem's Infinite at the time.
1: Ah, okay.
2: But yeah, yeah, that was uh. But yeah, once, once I heard this, like you, you knew this album was dope. <laughs> like the minute you pop it in, so if, if, if five minutes, five minutes.
0: Oh, man. Don't get emotional on us. So, let's move on. We're going to start with track one, which is, uh, I mean, he calls it the intro or eternal internal affairs. This was produced by DJ Scrap. Now, um, I just got a couple quick notes on it. I thought it was a cool intro. It was nothing spectacular. I feel like it was more of a lyrical exercise for Phil Mons in this one. He was just kind of, you know, getting his feet wet. Um, just preparing you for what was coming, uh, Dave. Uh, what what stood out to you about um, intro?
2: It was about the same. Like it, it was a typical intro. I I liked the way the beat kind of built up a little bit, and he kind of like you said, like got his feet wet. Kind of played with his flow a little bit. Some of the some of the 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 speed and stuff he kind of wrapped at. So he, he was kind of just letting you know what 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 was about to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Season intro. Yeah, he has some he had he has interesting lines all throughout this album. But uh, it just dude, he he's he's a beast, man. Um Ian, did anything stand out to you about the intro?
2: Um, the horns,
1: man, the horns, the way they just come in, the whole track is just very just bouncy and very east coast and um, you know, very, very dope track to to open up the album with. Um, and he gave you a little lyrical, he threw you a little lyrical bone, you know what I mean? He didn't rhyme with the yeah, whole yeah. intro, you know what I mean? This was one of, This was around a time where intros were still a thing, but you really... <laughs> you, artists really didn't put a whole lot of work into actually rhyming, you know, over their intro. They might have talked a little bit and, um, you know, put out some shout outs, but <clears throat> they didn't always give you some bars. But I really appreciated that he actually gave you some bars because...
0: The beat was dope. Yeah, the yeah, the beat, the beat was dope. It was just I didn't feel like it was anything like to write home about. You know what I'm saying? It felt like an intro track. You know, let me just let me just stretch out a little bit on this and then, you know, let's let's get to it. So we'll move on to track two. Behind closed doors. This was produced by Pharaoh Monks. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Um what stood out to you about behind closed doors?
2: actually the beat man like I always liked that slow piano yeah uh and he just <laughs> he did his thing with the rhymes man like I I never some of the dark rhymes didn't vibe but his flow kind of made the track work especially with them keys man like that 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 kind of low piano tone mm-hmm. and then he kind of just kind of flowed dark with it but it, it, I like the track yeah.
0: yeah I thought I thought it was dope too um like I said again, another another lyrical exercise, but the beat, I got like specifically pointing out that, that I thought the beat was dope, um, yeah. And I I just wish that he would have done a little bit more on it, but lyrically he was there. Cut off his hands and send his girl multiple finger sandwiches. If she manages to do damages, <laughs> put her in bandages. Like dude, like <laughs> the, the dude his. I really came to really uh, appreciate him more. After reviewing this album, and this was his debut, his solo debut. So, I mean, this was like a, this felt like a passion project for him. Um, Ian, what stood out to you about Behind Closed Doors?
1: Man, just the dark foreboding beat, the, the aggressiveness of his his lines. Um, you know how I made it. You salivated over my calibrated raps that validated my ghetto credibility. He just. <laughs> you know, just the way he just attacks the beat, man, like,
0: he lets yeah. you
1: know right off the bat what you're getting, like, when you talk about a, a lyricist that doesn't dumb, dumb it down, like, like, he is an excellent example of, of that, you know, but, like, at the same time, though, like, he plays around with profanity in a way that lets you know he's not going to be boxed in, like, you know... I'm, I'm gonna
0: get into that later. Though. Yeah, he, I was gonna later. say he just, definitely wasn't boxed in on this album, boy. He uh, yeah, he 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 explored his uh profanity, um, heavily throughout <laughs> this album. Um, so let's move on to track three, Queens. This was again produced by Munch. It's Interesting. Um, he produced quite a bit on this album. So let's start with you, and what stood out to you about Queens? Oh man, how
1: just how atmospheric and uh, warm the beat was, like. You know, he's painting a picture, and then and after he paints the picture, then he tells the story, but, like, the, the backdrop, the, the beat and the sample he chose was just very, like I said, just very warm and atmospheric. It's like you can you could visualize everything in your mind that he's saying, and, um, you know, it's one of those stories where, uh, you, you know, it's one of those hood stories that doesn't end well for the protagonist, and... Um, you know it's just it's just very picturesque and very you know very descriptive and you know he takes you exactly where he wants you to
0: go yeah i felt like he he really showcased his storytelling ability on this one i i felt i felt like as he's telling the story i'm in it you know i'm there and i i, I the other note i i put man he's never afraid to sing on a track and his voice is very distinctive which which makes it Jarring, but not in a way that I'm like, "Ugh, don't do that no more." You know, it's kind of like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" But I can go with it. Okay, that's cool. Uh, Dave, what stood out to you about uh, Queens
2: when this when this <laughs> out when I listened to this album, I didn't even I, I forgot this was a story track because I didn't really like the beat. Mm-hmm. The beat didn't really grab me because, like, you listen to the first two tracks, it got like a tone, and then this kind of switches up, it slows it down, it kind of. It's a, it's a lighter beat, you know what I mean? It, it, it always threw me off. So I would kind of like, I, I would skip through it or not even like really pay attention because it's more like a, a vibe song. But it's wow. really a dope story. And and I never I never actually paid attention to it t- until I recently listened to it. I was like, yo, this is, this is dope, man. Like he tells a story with Donovan and he kind of, he switches up the chorus when the story changes. Yeah. It, it, it's slick, man. It's an underrated track.
0: Yeah, he he goes from being yeah, very specific to being. almost to almost kind of broad on the second course how he specifically yeah. talks about this this specific group and then the, the second course he says the people of New York. You know what I'm saying? So he just right, right. he's just completely disgusted with with New York. I mean, he just shows his 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 true like he's just done with it. But at the same time, his here's, here's a question I want to throw to you guys. Um yeah, in in the, in the song, at the end of the song, instead of him telling it from the point of view, kind of like he's, he's the point of view of Donovan. Now at the end, he may, he says a line that he's, he's standing over him as he's bleeding out. So what, what perspective is that specifically? Like, is he death or is he like, what is he? how y'all, I, I, I guess. I, I think he's the city, right? Okay. That that makes I sense. Thought
1: was, I, I thought he was always like a friend or an associate of the of the protagonist Donovan, who was just kind of observing all of this going down. That's
2: what I that's what I took. I mm. I just assume yeah, like I, I assume like the the song of the title is called Queen, so I thought you know like he kind of focuses on the city. So I'm thinking like the city is looking down, watching the story play out, and in the end, he's watching
0: he's just watching, watching his body. The you know what out. I mean? Right, right. Okay. Oh, that was you my thought.
1: Probably, I, I never really, I never really thought of it that way. But yeah, you, you, you're probably right. I just, I just took him as a, just a, you know, a general narrator, and at the most, maybe a bystander. Right. Um But yeah, you, you're probably right.
0: See, you know, that's why I throw out these little random questions. Told you, I had something for y'all. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, tra- track four. Uh, rape. There is no question mark <laughs> on the end, but you know, I just. <laughs> <laughs> I that out there uh, this is produced again by Pharaoh Munch now the title can be uh misleading because he's not he is talking about rape but not the rape <laughs> in the way that we know it um this is a rape of the rap game he's coming to kill it um he's extremely detailed on the hook. <laughs> I'm not gonna quote the hook. Um I, I said that the lyrics, the lyrics was on point. And he's telling the story basically of just how he just want to rape the rap game. Like he's gonna destroy it. Y'all there's nothing y'all can do. Um, and he's coming for it. Um, so I'll start with Dave. Uh what, what stood out to you about rape?
2: That this song does not age well, man. <laughs> it does like, not. <laughs> you can't. Hey man. This song, I mean, he, he'd have got blacklisted so fast putting this on the track on the album, man. Um, it's slick, the way he plays the metaphors, but it's, I mean, it's some dark stuff, man. Like, if 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 you're trying to separate the two, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he he get, I mean, we've talked about like he gets detail, man. Like, I think it's here, in the second here. verse he's saying like like knowing I raped, knowing I raped for sport, I took took the stand crying. Denying the whole involvement line. Like he 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 plays games with words, but
0: he get this, deep this, on it. He <laughs> gets I can't uh I can't stack it, man. No pun intended. Uh yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> oh. this, this is uh come on, man. It wasn't me. I I'm I'm being clear for the people. So um again, this was uh this 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 is heavy on the metaphors, man. And if you don't listen and just look at the title, you're gonna be thrown off and be like, yo, this dude got a song about rape? Is he out here is he the is he the, 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 the fair raper? Like what, what is he what is he doing? Um Ian, what stood out to you about rape?
1: Man, conceptually, this was probably I think the illest track on the on the whole LP conceptually. conceptually.
0: Yes, yes. Right, right.
1: right. He just, he just <laughs> it and makes the whole song or the whole acting metaphor for his approach to rap, you know, and it really doesn't hit you to, he says too many MCs in his God forsaken city.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he just, man, dude, he's just like, he's like an evil genius on this track, man. Uh, just like as Dave mentioned, it's just uh, the, 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 graphic detailing of everything. Um, you know, you, you, you really do think <laughs> You're listening to a rapist talk about his crimes, but you know when he makes it clear that he's talking about his approach to rapping, like it's just all that more genius, man. I, I, I you know, I hate to admit it, man, but I love, love. This no, song, you man. no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah,
0: it's it's do conceptually again. Agreed. It's it's a dope story. It's a difficult story to tell nowadays. <laughs> because yep. again if you were to do something like this man they'd be all over you bro like you you <laughs> have to take this song off the album just, man just the
1: chorus like yes considered just the loops are similar to clitoris- the, the ad-libs it's a cycle of sin that doesn't end you know <laughs> dude
2: <laughs> but, it hurts i mean the wordplay everything lyrically is is airtight man like it, it's just like the culture now you the 90s is different man like this this you can't
0: <laughs> you can't get away with this no, nine, man you like, can't straight up you can't you can't so so let's get away from it then uh track five simon says <laughs> this is <laughs> again produced by Pharoah Munch. how many people knew that i have this down as, uh, i really have it's i mean there's some words here but it's basically dot 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 because there's really nothing you can say about this track. This is still dope. This I think this will always be dope. This is still a crowd pleaser and a crowd mover down to this very day. Like this is dope. The beat is recognizable. The lyrics are on point. This is this is probably no, this is definitely his his biggest commercial hit. Not his best track, but it's his biggest commercial hit. So um I'll start with you, Dave. Uh what stood out to you about Simon Says?
2: Just how 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 well this song has lasted. Like I can, you can still listen to this track and 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 rock with it, man. you yes. like, play it as loud as you want. Like it, it it does. You cannot get tired of this song. I remember when when uh, Dave Chappelle used this track on a on a sketch, man. And like you immediately, like once you hear the beat, you know exactly what this is. And the fact that Pharaoh produced it and he wrote on it like it's just like he
0: made an iconic track he'll be forever known for (sighs) this song that's nuts man and the fact that he just refused to work with the record company and put this out like he just refused man so it's basically like he just almost took it from the world but it's it's kept alive by djs and 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 uh 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 like just other you know saying like word of mouth just people just like yo have you ever heard this or or like you hear it in a club or something like dude that's it's nuts that it has lasted this long because i remember this was all over the radio and the, the remix too all over the radio when it first came out and now you just don't you don't hear it just because it's other music out but yo every time you hear it it's dope um, Ian. Well, you can't get the clearance. I'll oh, go ahead. Right, you're right. You're right. Absolutely, it's it's that too. Couldn't get the clearance because the record company he refused to work with them, so they can't go out and do nothing with it until he worked with it. Like it's just it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. So, Ian, we'll swing it to you, man. Um, what stood out to you about Simon Says? Man, that the fact that it was
1: like. Pharrell Munch found a way to make a club banger that was, like, lyrically uncompromising at the same time. Like, you know, I I, I remember hearing this back in the day, like, on The Box and, like, yeah, you yeah. know, on college radio. But I don't ever... I don't remember it getting played on, like, GCI or... I don't even know what the other rap station was at the time in Chicago, but I only really remember hearing it on, like, college radio and on The Box. But, I mean... You know, Pharaoh man, he he he. What can I say about this song, y'all? Y'all haven't already said, man. Like, I, I think he knew his audience. That's why he was so uncompromising and putting out a clean version. Um, you know, he he knew his audience. He knew his audience, and like, he knew he had a banger. He knew the people who was gonna rock with him was still gonna rock with him, and he just made a very uncompromising club banger, man. Like, I I, I can't, you know
0: aged extremely well i can't i can't say enough good about it dude it's it's i mean dude there's there's nothing else to say uh track track six man official this was produced by lee stone and this was this was this was different it's not the same energy as simon says but it 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 almost kind of maintains it a bit um especially lyrically i thought his lyrics was on point man like and it's at the end of the track. He's got this kind of change up with the beat, and it was I thought that was dope too. And the ad libs on strike, like strike one, strike two, strike three, like he builds up. He's a build up kind of artist, and he he showcased that in this track. I thought it was dope. So, um, we'll start with you, Ian? What stood out to you about official?
1: Just conceptually, it was I thought it was a dope track to do an entire battle line, incorporating you know sports punchlines, sports yeah. entendes. Um. Going back and listening to it now, it doesn't—it doesn't age as well as I would have liked it to. But at the time, it was still a dope track. Like some of these sports references, like you know we might get, like it, but I, you know over time, you play this for millennials, they're not gonna know none of these people he's talking about, you know. And some yeah. of us might even forget, like when he says, uh, "My style makes the crowd apple 'out five on the charges.'" I, 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 I can't remember who number 55 on the Chargers
0: was in 1999. Junior Seau, baby. So, what?
2: Junior Seau. You say it was
0: who? Junior, Junior Seau. Okay. Like okay, that, okay. That, that's what made sorry, that dope to me. But I agree with you. He's got, I'm, I'm going to cut you off, but he's got some other references too. Some I had to look up. Uh, Chief Nakahoma. I was like, who in the world is that? Dude, That's it was the, the Atlanta Braves like, mascot way back. Yeah. The name is dope, but there's no way. There's no way you could have something like this nowadays, man. Um, Cooler Than F, maneuver like Vancouver Canucks, like, dude, uh, sock a nigga in his face, Pharaoh's a sporting authority. Like he just like, dude, the references date this track, but not not the the, well, I guess it, that's what makes it feel dated—the references, the beat, the—you the, know, those little, those little nuances kind of make it dated. But that don't mean it ain't dope. I'm not—I'm right. not saying you saying it's not dope. But I'm just saying that well, don't no, no, make I'm not it saying,
2: not saying it's not dope. I'm just saying,
1: like, lyrically, like it—it—it it, it, it ages itself. It's like it—it yeah. it, it, it was and still is a dope track. But I just think it's unfortunate that some of these punchlines are going to age a song and right. cause some people not to be able to see the, 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 dopeness of it. But that's, that's, that's all I really got to say about that. But to make a whole battle rhyme with, with sports references is just dope.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Blacks attracted to my rap, like dames to sororities. Uh, Dave, <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what stood out to you about officially?
2: I mean, kind of everything, with, everything y'all said, like, I don't want to be too redundant, but, uh, like 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 you said, like I, I always like the because I got most of the references. Like I you know, like I remember Nakahoma, like I remember uh Junior Seyo and, and 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 who else you mentioned? Ivan Rodriguez and you know, like a bunch like I a got bunch. all the references. Oh, so
0: bunch, I I, yeah. I
2: I thought it I always thought this was a dope track. Like I just like you said, conceptually it was just it was just slick the way he did
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's move on to track seven then. Uh, H.E. Double Hockey Sticks featuring Cannabis. um, Dope. Oh, th- uh, this is produced again by Lee Stone. Uh, dope, dope, and uh, a little bit more dope. Like this was, this felt like, uh, I, I, the way I worded it was a Knight Rider horror story. Like the beat, the beat felt like that. And he, it felt like, like that's the way he was going with it. Um, I feel like the hook could have been better, but that's not where Feral Munch excels. He doesn't excel with the hook. He's just trying to build that energy. So, um, we'll start with you, Ian. What stood out to you about Hell?
1: Uh, real quick, man. This was probably like when I first topped this album, this track was my favorite track on the entire album. Yeah. Um, You got Feral Munch and Cannabis, who was still at the top of his game in, in his prime at the time. Going back and forth with these rhymes, man, like, <clears throat> this this track is amazing to me and still is, man, like, just, <laughs> if, if this might not be a classic song in the broad hip-hop sense, but for cats like, who was like lyric heads, man, this was like a wet dream, like, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, overdose that's extremely fatal, doctors and lab coats scramble for the antidote to save you, your skin color going from dark brown to beige, blue. Your room is full of angels, in your ear trying to tell you which god you should pray to. You pray to Jesus, but he don't want to save you because you're faithful, so he gives you to a basil. <laughs> like <laughs> that's, that was insane, man. That was. I it was, it was this, this is one of one of my favorite tracks on the entire album, if not my favorite track on the album. Like to this day, this is just this is just just
0: lyrically just just yeah dude he cannabis was a monster on here i specifically know that cannabis did his thing he's was a monster on this dude um uh, but even feral feral monster's right there with him too man 100 cc's of the uncut cleanest in the vein 24 hours of intravenous like that <laughs> feral feral was right there with him man so dave what stood out to you about um hill this is my second favorite track, man. That's what I wrote
2: down. Like I, I, I remember this because the way Pharaoh jump on the track and hit you with all the, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what to call it. The, the the F the F rhyme scheme he run on, mm-hmm. with the the alliterations on S man. Follow for now, no formidable fights, the form to forget. No Pharaoh, you know, like he <laughs> he runs on this track, and then you got Cannabis on the back end, who just. <laughs> I mean, he—it's almost like catching a lot on this beat and on this track, man. It's, it's, it, dude. It's, it's butter, man. Like, like, like Ian said. Like lyrically, this—this this is what you miss about hip hop, man. Like when people used to kind of play games with, with, with similes
0: and metaphors
2: and. and, and some of the rhyme schemes. You when they
0: actually they wrote rhymes and actually alliterations like, worked. Alliterations and
2: like, you know, like they, I mean, the work that you go into something like this. Yes. Like it still shows, it still holds up today.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: absolutely. And, and you could tell they were two entities who respected each other. Like, yeah. it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a forced collabo where it was <laughs> like, man, you hot, I'm hot, we still on the track together. right You know what I mean? Like, this was, this was strictly about craftsmanship.
0: Yeah. And like, yeah, the label like didn't put them did, together. Man. That's what you're saying. The label didn't put them together and be yeah. like, hey, just come on over here. We we'll, we put y'all two together. We're going to have a bang out, uh, uh, a top notch uh, song here. No, nah, it wasn't like that at all. Yeah, you like, could tell they
1: didn't. It, it was just, yeah, it was just an organic collaboration.
0: Yeah, and it felt, I wanted, to, to be honest, I think what would have made this song like over the top for me personally, if they gave me another verse, um, but that didn't happen. But still, dope song, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. Uh, so let's move on to track eight, "No Mercy" featuring M.O.P. And this one was produced by the Alchemist. Uh, I I note that the beat was dope, and I remember this beat like I used to repeat the hook, not the back end part of the hook, but I, I used to repeat the hook, and I was like, "Yo, I've been looking for this for years." So, oh, and just just before I, I, I pass it over, um. They got a line in here, filling with so much lead, I'll call Burger and Associates. A lot of people didn't understand that line, but Burger and Associates, one of their big things that they were a law firm in New York, and one of their big things was um, uh, lead poisoning cases in children. So he, he just took it and flipped it, filling with so much lead, I'll call Burger and Associates. <laughs> so, uh, Dude, just he—he's got other stuff I got noted here, but I, I ain't gonna take it all. So I'm gonna we'll swing it to Dave. Um, what stood out to you about No Mercy? You know what, man?
2: I, I wasn't a big fan of this beat, oh man. God. I feel like Alchemist—this wasn't Alchemist's best work.
0: Um,
2: I would—I would have prefer, preferred something more up tempo to put MOP on. You know, uh, I, right. I feel like that was a bad feature on this beat and this song,
0: right? I agree.
2: Like, like, like lyrically, they they did their thing, you know. As a song, like it works, but I don't know, man. I, to me, I I just never, I never really kind of vibe with the song. With
0: I think what really got you having not... them
2: on it kind of didn't mess.
0: Exactly, In my opinion. Exactly. I think I think that's what really threw you off. And, and to be honest with you, that threw me off too. Um, and and that was a question I was gonna pose after we got y'all got y'all um um. Reviews on it, but uh, let's swing it to Ian before I ask that question. Um, what stood out to you about No Mercy?
1: Man, I, I got to disagree with Dave. Man, I, I love the beat, man. Like, what's 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 interesting is that like Alchemist said, it was originally meant for Prodigy, but like I, I can't imagine hearing Prodigy over this. Like, I don't think Ooh. he's able to. And I like Prodigy, but I don't think he would have been able to bring the energy that Pharaoh and MOP brought on this. Like, um. I, I kind of this is one of my favorite tracks on the on the on the uh, on the LP because um, it's just the energy it brings and like you know the the song is just it's a headbanger man and MOP and Ferrell Mach they definitely match the energy of the instrumental and again and like like Ferrell... The, the the he pulls a lot of the lyrical weight on here um, whereas like MOP is more about bringing energy so. You know, hey man, you can't win them all. You know, every guest appearance can't be fire, but you know, I think I think Sparrow does more than enough to bring this track, you know, up to speed and and it, it was it's actually one of my favorite tracks
2: on the album.
0: Yeah, I think I but I, I I hear your argument and I hear Dave too, and I I, I I I agree with both of you. I feel like MOP brought a specific energy, but I think a different feature would have brought. Would have brought the track up as a whole. Um, so I guess that leads me to my my, my little side question. Um, who would you have liked to have heard on this particular track with Phil Munch?
1: I think if he had gotten like for his four horsemen on, on his D, that would have been a better fit. Uh that being um cannabis, Killer Priest, and Corrupt. Um, I think that would have made more sense. Mm.
0: But like
1: I'm not don't get me wrong, I'm not mad at the MOB.
0: Right, right, right.
1: But I think when you have Pharrell bringing so much lyrically, you kind of need other people to bring it lyricism as well. I agree. So I think Killer, you know, Killer Priest and um, Killer Priest Cannabis and Corrupt would have been a good good match.
0: Okay. They?
2: I don't know, man. I hadn't thought of it. I think I, I like Ian's suggestion, man. Put his own boys on there, up up the level with the with the lyricism, and and see what happens.
0: I think uh, I, I I can agree with you. I just have one small suggestion. I think uh, Talib Kweli would have killed it with him. Um, That's just a a little thought. That's just a personal thing. Um, I think putting them both on there together, I mean, especially um, when you look at what he was bringing, um, the epitome of lyrical epiphanies, skiffly placed poems and carefully planned symphonies, like (laughs) – Dude was bringing it, and then M.O.P. comes on, Brownsville, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, I get you, I feel you, I feel you, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm with you on the energy, bro, but right now it feels like two totally different songs, and it's the same beat playing, so I'm a little confused here as as far as what was the direction um, that he gave y'all. But it's dope, you know, don't get me wrong, it's just not, it could have been better. In my opinion, it just could have been better. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, moving on to track nine, right here. This is produced by DJ Scratch, and this was another beat that I forgot. Another track that I forgot. Um, and I, I believe I first heard this off an And One mixtape video, but I thought this was dope. And again, um, lyrics. Uh, basically, y'all, <laughs> y'all couldn't get eight twice like Lynn Swan, bruh. bruh dude I had to take a step back for a moment for a moment and I was sitting down I was like yo 8 twice like Lynn Swan yo like (laughs) come on man like Feral Wines brought it so uh we'll start with you on this one Dave uh what stood out to you about right here
2: that this song needed M.O.P. there you go I felt like I felt like if you put M.O.P. on this at least give them the hook yes yes like that would have that would have put this song over the top like because this song seems tailor-made for them you have the high energy kind of like the, the repetitive hooks you know what i mean like that the mop is good at and that's that, that's the only thing i could think of when i listen to these two tracks like back to back i'm like man if mop was on here like that this song would be fire i mean it's still dope but I, that, that song would have put it over the top. That, like, that feature would have put this over the
0: top. But yes. it's, it's still, like, legit. Yes. It's not where it could have been. Like, it's good. It's it's really good. But it's not where it could have been. So, now we'll go to Ian. Ian, uh, what did you think about, <laughs> <laughs> what stood out to you about right here?
1: Um, to be honest, man, man, I, I, I'm i really not a big fan of this song.
0: Whoa. Yeah,
1: man. Yeah. Um, I thought the beat was just very herky jerky and not, not really. It didn't really complement uh, Farrell's flow too well. And then on top of that, like Farrell gave us some like, by his standards, he gave us some really light bars on this on this cut, man. Like I'm the six million MF dollar man with a six million MF dollar plan, like <laughs> for, um, for thug niggas. You know that's light, man. That's light for thug niggas and drug niggas. <laughs> I'm above niggas, but all in all, I love niggas. It's like, yeah, come but, on, Pharrell, man, you could give us better than that. He like, was trying
0: to, he was trying to give like, you a little bit more I, story on this one, though. He's trying to give you a little bit more story, no?
1: Uh, he, he ain't good at that. He ain't good at that. <laughs> he you know, not good at that,
0: dude. He said, he said, my man Benny Rat showed me the rap game. Told me never act sane on a record or rap plane. Not a name Rain supreme. Seen major cream rhyme sicker the Lyme disease and gang green. Come on, man, he's there. He's still there. That's light.
2: Like, those, those bars
1: are those bars are fire for anyone else, but for Feralmont, like that's kind of light. And then of the course, man, of course, it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It, it was like it's like he was doing a producer a favor by even putting it on here. Like. <laughs> oh, yeah. <man.
0: laughs> <laughs> But he didn't no, have to do Scratch no favors, man. Scratch scratch did, like, three or four tracks on the album already. But okay. I know.
1: It's so odd to me. Like, it's just compared to everything. Now, don't get me wrong. Pharaoh's worst worse than somebody else's best. But, like, compared to the other tracks it on here, I just felt yeah. this was, song was light work, man.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. I got you. I, hey, that's cool, man. I'm not trying to change your opinion I just want some clarification for the people you know because when they listen to it they are they gonna be trying to figure out what you're talking about uh let's move on track 10 um, the next ish uh featuring Buster rhymes and this was produced again by Pharoah Munch I I thought the beat was dope um I felt like both of them brought it on this one heavy lyrically again but that that's pretty it was pretty clear-cut for me. Um, we'll start with you, Ian. What stood out to you about the next dish?
1: Man, dude, just the energy, man. The beat on here was insane, dude. It was like, it was like some sort of video game beat, old school video game beat. They yeah. reworked and like, you know, Bust's energy, uh, you know, Pharaoh's energy. They just this was a, this was a dope track. This was another one of my you know more favorite tracks of the LP, and they're just doing what they do best, man. Just giving you raw. Um, unadulterated Rhymes, man. This was a winner, man.
0: This was a winner. I agree. I thought this was dope, too. I thought it was so dope that I, it made me question um, why Pharoah Monsh wasn't on Busta Rhymes' uh, Extinction Level Event album. But I guess, you know, that's just the... He would have stole the show. <laughs> man, look. Dude. You put him... Okay, not on the track with Mystical. But there was another. there was a, a few other tracks where we talked about it where it was lacking. You throw Pharaoh on, on one of them, that would have brought it up. That would have brought his grade up. I thought that would have would have pumped up the album. Eh, that that's you know that's in the past. Uh, Dave, uh, what stood out to you about the next issue?
2: The song started making me think of why, why, what happened to Pharrell Montes as a producer? Cause yes, yes. A, a lot of these, a lot of like the hits on this album he produced. Yes, and like and like this, this was one of my favorite beats on the album. I think it partly had to do with the fact that him and Buster kind of spazzed on it and 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 again, like the Buster rounds was the perfect feature for this song like if you if you need a high energy guy that's gonna kind of bring it with you, like you throw Buster on it man. and 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 them two kind of going back and forth
0: it, it's just
2: it's i mean it's classic hip hop like this this is this is the stuff you love.
0: I agree with you, man. I, I can't I can't help but agree with you. And and that's another good question, man. Whatever happened to Feral Munch producing? Whatever happened to Feral Munch, man? Like the dude is he in a bunker somewhere? Like He's he, had
2: albums but they haven't hit, man. Yeah, PTSD yeah, okay. All right. Yeah,
0: he's he's gotten into this this thing, this I don't i I don't
1: even want to call it a rut, but he's gotten into this thing where he's trying to do flesh out like these concept albums and it's like you know, not everyone is good at that. Like, right. Earl was good for putting him on a dope beat, delivering dope bars, and not, don't overthink the process, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now he's kind of like, and while I enjoy TPSV, I do think he's kind of overthinking the process and being like, saying like, I want to tell a certain story or, you know, have a certain character arc as opposed to just making dope rap and dope hip-hop and, like, you know, I think he started overthinking this stuff, honestly, and that that
0: kind of took away from some of the from some of the dopeness of him. From what? If, yeah, he couldn't get back to it, or he hasn't gotten back to it yet. Probably won't get back to it, unfortunately. But uh, it's kind of sad. Let's move, let's move on. Track 11. The, uh, uh, this is featuring a Pawnee, <laughs> a Pawnee fly, produced by Diamond D. And if you recognize the name Diamond D, he has done a lot of dope albums that we have already discussed, especially around this particular time period, like Diamond D was all <laughs> over the place. Uh, so we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Ian on this one. Um, What stood out to you about this track? Well,
2: remember
0: <laughs> what I
1: said? Right. <laughs> Remember when I said Pharrell will do certain songs and use certain language to let you know he's not going to be boxed in that kind of yes. MC.
0: Here we are. You know,
1: oh, this is a perfect example of that. <laughs> um, wh- wh- you know, while I while I don't promote the practices expressed on this particular track, you know, I, I thought it was pretty imaginative. Like, you know, the in between, the in-between of going back on him and his guys and you
0: know, and fighting a chick to get on it, so to kind of balance out some of the, some
1: of the, you
0: know.
1: The testosterone. Energy. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, to kind of help balance
0: it out. I think yeah. it was good. I think it was a good track. Um, that's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, vulgarity, shall we say, in this song. Uh, we'll, we'll go to you, Dave. Uh, wrap this up for us. What, 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 did you, what stood out to you about this track?
2: My notes I put is too wild to vibe with, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like Ian said, like I, I, I like the fact he threw a female on it to kind of, you know, kind of tone down, or not even tone down, but kind of balance out, yeah, some of the misogyny, but like I, 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 I can't, I can't vibe with this man, like it's it, it, it's too wild, you know what I mean? Like I can't, <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> like you just feel dirty listening to it yes. in the car or your yes.
0: headphones, man. This is this is a tough listen, man. And the only thing that got me through was I kept saying to myself, this chick sounds like Eve. Like I kept saying that. Like this chick yes, this chick will, really sounds like Eve. Like what well, why did why did Eve take off and she didn't? Like the bar seemed about on par. Like I you know her name. Yeah, it's too much. Much That's, it's, it's, it's too much. Why? That's too much. It's too much. So So
1: let me ask you. Go ahead. No, no, but with <laughs> there's no bars in this y'all y'all felt like like was there nothing when you they caught you like
0: oh yo, that was kind no, no. of dope no no a lot of a lot there was a few things that that, that i that i picked out i was like yo this is dope i couldn't even copy him and put him in my notes i was like mm, I, i'm not <laughs> gonna do that <laughs> so i'm not even gonna look at it so i mean yes was he he was he was i did note that he was lyrical he was he was extremely descriptive um in this song uh but at the same time you know that it was it was it was too heavy it felt like you know what i'm saying um
1: (laughs) hey greg greg you were like ow like freaking
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey man i'm looking out for the kids man it's 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 one of them songs i mean well of course nowadays you know they're hearing everything but at the to I guess I guess the problem I guess the thing about it was to hear Pharrell much go this far. I was like, oh man, like uh, like okay, I get it. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I knew I knew how you got down from Simon Says. You know, girls, rub on you. You know, it, it's I I I okay. But this one was kind of like uh, I don't I I didn't feel like he needed to go this far. But I get it. You know, it's part of his uh, you know, artistic side or creativity. So it's, it's you know it's cool. It's cool. It just wasn't I I you know. I could move on from it. I just felt like. So, moving on. Track 12. The Light, produced by Diamond D. Again, this is another one of the tracks I've been looking for for years. I need—I I just needed to listen to this album, obviously. Uh, this whole second half of this album, I'm, I'm listening to the songs. Like, yo, I, this is the track I've been looking for. Like, I haven't heard right, this in right. years. Um, I, I, I specifically noted Ridiculously Dope. Ridiculously Dope. He, he's talking to this chick. He said, I'm attacking it from all positions of thinking inside my mind. Hopefully, it won't be too inappropriate if I walk over there and say, excuse me, can I have your number, please? I get on my knees if I have to. Like, dude, he just, like, his his conversational quality, that's, to me, that's where Feral Monch He And he can also build up on the track, but he can have that conversation um, with words, uh, that 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 can give you the story and put you right there, and and you can see exactly what's going on, and you can vibe with them. So we'll we'll start with Dave. Um, what stood out to you about the light?
2: Honestly, I I like the story, I like his bars, but I, I I didn't like the beat, man. I felt like I felt like the strings, and then he kind of had like that that like the plucking guitar. Like I felt like they were kind of fighting each other, and, and I don't know. I I it was an okay track to me uh personally
0: but I, I didn't I didn't like the hook either. But I, I did like his verses and stuff. I just I, I the beat threw me off. I wasn't a big fan. Okay. Uh <laughs> Ian, Ian uh moving on. Uh what stood out to you about the light? Man,
1: I, I really like this track. It's 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 a lot I liked about it. I actually like the instrumental I know Dave said he wasn't a fan of it, but I thought it was it was perfect for his flow. I like the fact that he sang the hook and, and did a pretty good job at it. Like he wasn't like crooning like Sinatra or nothing or you know, pulling a Drake, but you know, he, he hit a few notes that were playful and, you know, I, I was long for the ride. Um uh, brief brief trivia nugget though, like they actually released this song as his second single because they saw the label saw how good Miss Fat Booty did by most deaf. They kind of wanted to follow it up and kind of like soften up the image of some of these independent rappers and decided to release this as his second single behind uh, Simon Says. But, you know, nevertheless, um, dope track, man. Dope track. I I I like
0: it, man. That makes sense, though, because I remember I I remember hearing this track. I remember seeing this track and it just never had the effect on me because, see, that makes total sense now. It never had the same effect on me that Miss Fat Booty had. Miss um, Fat Booty was just that. That was just I felt like that was a game changer. For, for it, it really introduced a lot of people to, to uh, Most Def. But that dude that makes that makes total sense, man. That I guess that's why it kind of feels a bit underwhelming. While while still being once again a good track, it just wasn't. It wasn't what I guess it just it. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, man. I really don't. Um, but I guess I don't have to. Let's move on. Track 13. um God Sin by Organized Confusion. And this was produced by Lee Stone. This is the wackest intro on the album. I don't know what he what? was doing. Bruh, the intro of it where the dudes like singing and yelling and doing something. I don't know what that was. That's Pharaoh. My mom's in the bedroom crying again. That's him. I, I know who it was. I don't know Ooh, what you know. it was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, I do. I do appreciate his content. Again, he's expressing his disgust and anger with the government, and just more close to home for him, uh, the government of New York. And he warns by the end of it that you know something bad is coming. So, uh, Ian, let's we'll start with you. Uh, what stood out to you about Gossian?
1: Oh man, um, everything the beat. This was another one of those dark, foreboding beats that you didn't. You didn't get from a lot of independent rappers around this time. Um, the hook on here is probably the dopest hook, the dopest chorus on the whole album. Just man, he's just really breaking it down. Like this this reminded me of like a mid nineties like Jizzle or Wu Tang type beat. You know what I mean? Where cats just just get on there and just expound on what's bothering them and what they see in the world, you know, and then the Prince Poe feature was it was effortless, man. It's like the, the same chemistry they had as organized confusion. They didn't lose it. It was it was still intact on this track, um, and Prince Paul's verse was fire. Um, straight bullets continue shattering dreams, battering spleens, and gathering schemes. Had only cream, just as bad as a theme. You know he delivered too, man. You you, you see why they were a group. Um,
0: and again, man, the hook. I thought the hook was just really ill. Okay, okay, uh, Dave. What stood out to you about Godson Prince Poe's beat? I mean,
2: his his his, his, his verse. Yeah. Like it. Uh, I I I didn't really care for the beat, so this is one of them songs I kind of skipped through. But um, actually, listening to it, Prince Poe kind of. I mean, he he shines on this track, man. And 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 like Ian said, like it's it's a reason why them dudes was. You know, a group because they could kind of hang with each other lyrically. And he right. did his thing, man. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the of the, of the beat, like it was. It, it was a little too dark and dry for me. But uh, again, like he, he was right about the hook. Like the hook is solid, and the bars are solid. Prince Paul's feature was excellent.
0: So I agree. This is one of his better hooks on the on the album. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't know. Track fourteen. The Truth, featuring Common <laughs> Natalia Talib Kweli. Uh, this was produced again by Diamond D. Uh, all right, let's take a moment. We, we've discussed this a number of times. Uh, I have noted this might be the best sample on the track of all time. This might be the best, uh, or the, I'm sorry, this might be the most real um, hip-hop song of all time. Um, if not, it's it's on the short list. Um everybody on here delivers. Pharaoh, common, Talib, they all deliver. Uh there's there's lines on here that I still quote to this day. Uh stuff that I still think about. Um, like dude, it's just time is real. We can't rewind it. Out of everybody I met who told the truth, time did. Like that he delivers not only on the beat. But also lyrically with the story, and everybody's telling their own piece of the story, and it it follows like each one follows. And normally Talib is not the guy that you have to wrap up a song like this, but on here he does, and he brings it like he was he was solid on this. Um, might, might even be better than solid. I felt like Pharaoh started it off, Common took it to the next level, and Talib took it to another level, or at least maintained what Common brought. And that just makes this like one of the, the best tracks I've ever heard, um, in my life. So, that, I know that's a lot, but I had to get that out. Uh, so we'll start. with We'll start hey man, you with
2: feel a. How you feel?
0: Hey man, it is this, what it is. I got other lines, but I ain't gonna quote them all. Just dope. Uh, we'll start with the. Uh, we we'll start hey, not with you Ian. Said, not putting this up there
2: with like, not like you said, the
1: Wale track we're talking about is one of the best songs of all time. Right, this, right. This is a worthy uh, candidate
0: yes sir yes sir so let's start with you then um what stood out to you about the truth
1: man just the, just a, the 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 introspection man they they come with like i mean like you put these three together you know you're going to get something good but like man it's just it's just a, a dope very introspective track like like this is what I want for my conscious hip-hop I don't want people preaching to me I just want people just just talking and and asking certain questions you know this is what I want out of conscious hip-hop you know what I mean like um and you know like I said you can't go wrong with these three out of all of them out of all three verses I kind of think Common might have had the best one which is which is weird because like I think lyrically like Feral and anti- Talib Kweli are more proficient rhymers than Common, but some about Common verse, I just, I just feel every bar. That,
0: yes, you know, yes. The flow. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, man. Yes. So La- constantly, I speak it, wondering why I got a drink, a six pack to speak it. Um, I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it,
0: dude. Um, see the truth in the thighs of a stripper, the eyes of my nigga. If it's only one, then why should it differ? Like. I gotta agree with you, man. This dude, common, common, destroys it, and I—I I never thought of it. You—you you put it a certain way, and I never thought of it like that. You feel every verse, I mean every line, that that Common, uh, spits on this. You feel every single part and piece of it, dude. Um, Dave, what stood out to you about the truth? You
2: Know what? Quali's verse. I, I, I know, like everybody, I kind of. <laughs> kinda of talks about a verse. <laughs> but listen, man. Quali uh, Quali was never known for being, you know, like you throw him on a track with a couple guys, See, he'd be around the middle. Yeah. But in, in my opinion, man, like I I, I I really like the way they put him at the end of this track. I like his verse. Yeah. I like the bars he spit, and then like th- like toward the end of it, he was kind of spitting, and then he got these ad libs like "True," you know, like they like agreeing with him. Yeah. Like the beat. The loop vocals over the over the track, man. It's like everything about this song like goes together. There's no hook. It's kind of just like a lady singing truth. And then it just goes to the next verse. I like, guess uh, this put together was it was a masterpiece, man.
0: Dude. It was so good. Hey, man. I mean, hey, y'all know me. It was so good, it almost made me emotional. I remember the first time I heard this, I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I felt like somebody was touching a part of my soul, dude. And that sounds weird to, to say that about a song, but I felt like, where has this been? Like, why, what, what have I been doing to not have heard this? Like, to what, who, who thought of this? Who came up with this, dude? The sample, and as soon as the sample drops out, you come with this hip hop beat behind it with Feral Munch comment and then talib like like we said talib to to just bring it on home dude he say uh heavenly what will set you free and kill you in the same breath the issue got to get off your chest before your death unless the way you speak is lighter than a pamphlet because the truth give the words the weight of a planet dude he's talking about god dang it <laughs> <laughs> oh I remember he's, that Kwalee verse, bar for bar, man. Dude,
2: he's like the the end, the end. <laughs> I, we I know we getting off topic, but no, this getting long. But he was like, life is like the open sea. The truth is been winning ourselves. Yes, at the end of the day, I name, dude. Like that whole, the way he be spitting that man, and the, 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 like the song kind of fade to the dark. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's it's, it's dope, man. Dude, it's is brilliant.
0: He, oh man, dude, I. <sighs> Dude, we could we just, we just have a whole show where we're talking about best hip-hop tracks. But we'll move on um, to the last song. Everybody knows this song. It ain't a whole lot to say. Although, there are some quotables on this track. Simon Says the remix. <laughs> this, was, this was featuring Busta Rhymes, Lady Luck, Method Man, Red Man, and Shabam Sadiq. Don't know who you were. I'm going to be honest with you, sir. Uh, I didn't even take note of your lyrics. But, this, oh wow! This this, <laughs> <laughs> this track was dope. It was classic red man. Uh, I got a B named Nina and I tuck it. I leave a nigga hanging like your mom's muffler, like, <laughs> <laughs> like dude. He just that's him. That's him. He destroys it. Uh uh uh. Lady Luck um kills it. Feral Monsk, method man. I mean that's just classic method man, dude. I, Dude, this is again he took one of the most notable one of the, one of the most known tracks in hip-hop and before it was this this much this known this well-known he put a remix on it and threw it on the album bro Pharrell monch he this he just he solidified this album as a classic to me with this song uh so let's start with dave what stood out to you about the remix
2: you know what I couldn't figure out was who had the best verse, man. Yeah. Like, like uh, we we know it's not your damn Sadiq. No, no. But, it. Uh, like... Don't <laughs> disrespect
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> I don't
2: I know, man. I just, I just figured I'd throw that out there. <laughs> but, like, you, you got... And then the way he picks the people, too. Like, you got Red, Mass, Buster lady luck who i thought it was interesting he gave her the first verse and she 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 did her thing man she she opened up the fact he wrote another verse which is not like now where you get remixes that kind of got the same thing they just throw people on there He gave give you a whole new couple bars man was 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 dope but like and then he gave buster the outro which which just kind of topped it all off man
0: dude it's fire it it's undeniable. It's undeniable fire. And what we're, we're swinging to you, man. What stood out to you about the remix?
1: Hey, man, don't come at me with with, with torches and pitchforks. But honestly, man, I could have done without
0: it. Are you serious? And I'm not. Saying, and
1: I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's a bad track. I'm not saying that at all. But it's like when when Pharaoh nailed the original version you know what I'm saying, so perfectly, it's like, why are y'all doing a remix? It's like, this was a... To me, this felt like a label move. Like, okay, this throw munch guy, like, a lot of people don't know about him, so let's pair him off with some more popular MCs to really blow the record up. That's what it kind of felt like to me. And I'm hmm. not saying... I'm not saying it wasn't an organic um, co- uh, uh, collaboration, because clearly he got some people on there that come on, and, you know... And Shebanks, but... um. You know, it
0: just... Man, he got it right the first time. Why are we doing a remix? But you do it's a, not a bad track. You don't do a remix to try track. to make it better. You do... A, you do th- In this case, I'll say this. You don't do a remix to try to make it better. You do a remix to see how good it could really be. Like, if this can translate. And I... For a while, I was hearing the remix more than the original. Um, which I didn't necessarily like. at the, Back at the time. But... You know, just listen to it here, just appreciating where it is. Track placement is a is a is a major thing. We've talked about it many times, dude. The original Simon says, "What was that like ten tracks ago?" So now, this yeah. is this is the last track on the album, and everybody brings it. I felt like it was a really really good wrap up. I don't know if he was thinking about it that way. Maybe it could have been a, a label move, a commercial kind of thing. But I felt like every like again, like they said, everybody everybody brought it. So regardless of what. What the label thought about it, I, personally, I enjoyed it, man. Um, it might not have been the track that we needed, or, or maybe, maybe it wasn't the track that we wanted, but, you know, we got it. So, I mean, that's all I can say about it, man. I thought you it know, was You
1: know, I'm saying, it's, it, it's still a dope track. It's still a dope track. It's, it's like, either go with either stick the original on the record and leave it at that, or, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to do this scenario style, and this is on hockey sucks flat single for
0: the
1: album. Like, I don't need two versions of the same song. Like I, I get mean, what they saying. They didn't rework the beat or anything. It was the same beat, just different
0: MCs. Uh, okay. I mean, I hear you. I hear you. But, I, I mean, look at what we got, though. Look that's at what a, we I got. I mean,
2: that's an interesting thought about the, actually the studio kind of pushing for it because that, that, that makes sense, especially with a first-time artist, you know what I mean? If he get if he put a track out to get some traction, okay, we put some bigger names on it. Like I, I never Listen thought about him. it like
0: right. that, especially <laughs> Met Method Man and Redman, because at the time I think did 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 Blackout come out? I can't remember. Did it come out in '99 or 2000? I can't remember when Blackout I came out. Ninety nine.
2: Yeah, I thought that was one of uh, albums we did.
0: Yeah, I just can't remember the year. But for that for for them to be on it. That would make sense, too. You know, this coming out in October, October um, you know, to put them on there, they already knew, well, these dudes killed Blackout. Let's throw them on here, draw some more fans into it. Right. Again, and they had
1: cool joints. They have solo albums that they had just dropped. And like, Red, Red just did Doc's name, and then Method just did Decal 2000. So they was already hot. They were popping right. the
0: impression. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. But I mean... Then you gotta tell me why Shabam Sadiq was on there. Uh we'll will leave that. And then <laughs> I'm gonna just I'm just end it off with this one, man. I'm just I'm gonna end it off with this line. Uh, Respect like the fonz, you see the collar up, ayy. ayy. Uh, yeah, Through he, the
2: man.
0: <laughs> he killed that man. Uh, so let's wrap this up. Uh, we went longer than I expected, but again, this is a classic album. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. Um we'll start with Ian. Upon further review, how would you rate feral Munch's internal affairs?
1: Um, despite my criticisms of a couple of tracks uh earlier, um upon further review, man, I gotta give Feral Munch internal affairs a 10 out of 10. Whoa!
2: Perfect
0: <laughs> it's an
1: album he has not been able to match. Like yeah. right. you know, it, all his work after death, that this career. So you know, there's there's very. I know I have to be taking criticism. There's very little about this album.
2: This is a superb underground album. Man.
0: We'll get back to that, uh, Dave. Uh, so upon further <laughs> <laughs> upon further review how would you rate Pharaoh internal affairs oh man Um oh.
2: you know what I, I I'm gonna go with a 9 lyrically he brings it on every single track I feel like he got a couple missteps yes with uh some of the song choices but he never misses a step with his bars um, some of the production is kind of funky, but I, he, he, gives, he gave hip hop a classic album and classic song too. So uh, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't drop it below a nine. I felt like the the criticism
0: wasn't enough to, to bring it down any longer. Okay. Upon further review, I would give Pharrell's Internal Affairs a nine point five, and for this reason. Ian made a point that this is a a classic underground hip-hop album. I think that's where he'll lose half of a point for me just because a couple choices that he made felt like what an underground artist would make. Um, I think the the M.O.P. feature was a misstep. This is is just personal. I think the the M.O.P. feature was a bit of a misstep. Um, I felt like... Huh? (laughs)
1: And Shabam
0: Sadiq, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was getting to him. And Shabam Sadiq, <laughs> uh, he, he I, I don't even you know what, I'ma just scroll up on my computer so I don't even see his name. So uh <laughs> and 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 track eleven, that like that <laughs> that that was man, that that on this project it felt like it was a bit much. But I get it. I get it. He's an artist. He he wants to take that chance. Go for it. I just felt like that was a little bit too much. But nine point five With what a song. What a song called "Race." That, that. that too. Yeah, we we overlooked that one, but we we give that we give that we give that a pass just because of the content Conceptual. that he was true. Yeah, that yeah. he was really talking about. So that's been the show. Um, this has been our review of Pharrell's internal affairs. If you have not heard the album again, please, please. Take a moment, go find it, listen to it Check it out uh, Let us know what you think um, I, The link to the Twitter is up uh, We're live uh, we, we're, trying to, we're trying to build this up uh, Again, before we get out of here I want to thank our uh, special guest um, Ian, of course Man, we appreciate man, you coming I mean, on real, real. Uh, As always Check out his podcast Vibes and Stuff and the Magnificent Vibes um, where they discuss Everything hip hop And everything not hip hop So Ian's everywhere uh, Of course I want to thank my co-host as always Dave taking time out From, from his uh, five kids To join us on the podcast <laughs> Wait a minute uh, It's been a, <laughs> I know it's difficult for you man it's been, We really appreciate you carving out the time uh, <laughs> I have been your host G Smith This has been The Litmus Test